Hello, and welcome to our newly rebranded podcast, Accessible Justice. This podcast is a production of UB Law Responds from the University of Buffalo School of Law's Clinical Legal Education Program. I'm Kim Diana Connolly, and I have the great honor of serving a number of roles here at the law school, including the director of our clinical program, the vice dean that helps coordinate our experiential opportunities school-wide, and the administrator who directs the team that supports the delivery of our summer public interest fellowships to law students. Speaking of all those exciting parts of our law school, today UB Law Responds Accessible Justice Podcast shares with you a terrific discussion I recently had with our dean here at the University of Buffalo School of Law, Aviva Abramovsky. Dean Abramovsky joined our law school just a few years back and has continued her career-long, strong commitment to access to justice through her deanship here. You'll hear us talking about that commitment and some of our UB Law Respond work, an initiative that she helped create and has supported here at the law school. We're excited to have you tune in today for this episode and hope you enjoy. So it's a great pleasure to have our dean at UB School of Law, Dean Aviva Abramovsky, on today. Welcome, Dean Abramovsky. Hello, Professor Connolly. How are you doing? Great. So Aviva Abramovsky is our law school's 19th permanent dean. She's the first woman to hold this position. She's got an illustrious and wonderful CV full of her expertise in insurance law, commercial law, financial regulation. She's also taught legal ethics. She does a lot of international stuff. You can learn about her by doing a quick Google search. But the thing that I really want to highlight today is her strong and demonstrated commitment to supporting access to justice. You'll learn a lot more about this. So again, we are so happy to have you here during our first season and hear about your inspiring commitment to access to justice. Oh, Kim, with that kind of introduction, I hope I can live up to it. <laughs> so let's talk and start about kind of your general ideas, which I've heard about a lot, but our listeners need to hear about them, is, is what's the lawyer's role in providing access to justice just generally? So I love the law. I have always loved the law. Even as a child, I would watch TV dramas about lawyers, and I recognized right away that the law is the method by which we order society, by which we obtain justice, by which we understand how we relate to each other, and by which we learn that actions have consequences. But what I also realized is that in order to have the fair administration of justice, we need people who can advocate for people. And those people in our society are called lawyers. So I became interested in the law. I went to law school myself, and I became a lawyer, then a professor, and now a dean. And I deeply believe that it is through good advocacy, through good representation, that we become a more just society. And that without that, many of our society's higher ideals and ambitions can't be realized without the ability to have representation that can provide you with a just outcome to an issue. And that's what lawyers are. We solve problems, we advocate for people, and I'm incredibly proud of what we're doing here, both in the school, in the clinics and experiential program, but also the type of lawyers we create here at UB Law. And that is great. I've been loving hearing that for the past few years. We're going to talk a little bit more about what you've allowed to and supported happening in our experiential program. But before I just do want to acknowledge just how crazy this past year has been and just how this pandemic has really added more challenges to providing access to justice. 
COVID has been a challenge to society in many ways. The direct health consequences, the, the loss of family, of time, of opportunity. It's been a truly difficult time for our community. And of course, the COVID crisis has created specific issues on access to justice. We've seen courts closing down, difficulties in figuring out how to impanel juries, difficulties in clients being able to receive the type of representation and counseling that they need, uh, both in the civil system, even people needing representation who were in prison. Every aspect of our society was changed when we had to move to social distancing. So a couple of different things happened at the same time in the COVID pandemic. We have more need all over our society. We have people in severe financial distress as a result of the pandemic um, and its economic consequences. We also had major logistical challenges in the literal access to justice. The method- Yeah, the method by which people can see their attorneys. How are they going to get their consultations? How are attorneys going to appear before them in court? Much of the law is an old-fashioned industry. Much of it's done face-to-face. Trials occur live. Much of the court system requires live filing and interaction. And of course, it should. One of the other things is, it, you know, as we've moved through using more remote technology in order to do representations via, via Zoom or other types of streaming platforms so that people can have hearings, there's a, still a major question of whether or not that is fair. Is it of equal value in the representation when it's remote as opposed to being directly in front of a judge? There's a lot of issues, both in the access to justice by having representation during the COVID pandemic, the increasing need, and then also a real deep dive needs to happen as to whether or not the actions we're taking truly have the capacity to represent the clients in an equal manner that occurred prior to the pandemic. I think that is important. I think if if you talked to me just over a year ago and said, you know, how are you training your students to do telephonic or Zoom hearings? I would have been like, what? Or Microsoft Teams or however we're doing it. I would have said, what? But we're doing that now. And, you know, our students really have been part of the pivot to making sure that we're still providing it, but also having the deeper discussions, because of course, in our classes, we get to not only do, we then reflect on exactly what you're talking about. Is it the same? Is it the same to be doing this in this space? And I think we're going to continue to work on this, but we are still having these remote activities. I think that one of the things, you know, as you say, justice is at the heart of everything we do at the law school. And I do want to say that I'm very proud that the students of UB Law have provided through our clinics, externships, practicum, and pro bono scholar courses. Last year, the class of 2020 provided over 20,000 hours, 20,933 hours of pro bono and access to justice work within the clinics or practicum were provided despite the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic. That's incredible, Kim. So, and as you know, all of our students are required to take, you know, six credits of experiential learning because that's what's required for all law schools. But most of our students take much more and you hear about that. And I love when the students get to talk with you about that and tell you what they're doing in their externships or their practical or their clinics. You know, you you talk about the, the responsibility to ensure this lifetime of service. But I think that one of the other things that's really interesting is how we connect it to even the things that we start to do talking to students who haven't even started law school through the Discover Law program. Can you talk about that for just a minute? 
The Discover Law program is one of my favorite things that we do here. It's a pipeline program to discover law, as the title suggests. Participants spend four weeks during the summer. This year, of course, it's all virtual and courses taught by law professors and at networking events with law firms and lawyers from across the country. It's targeted towards providing opportunities for high school and undergraduate students from underrepresented communities to explore the possibility and make the choice to become a lawyer, um, which we very much need in our society. That is really, really exciting. And it's really fun because we start to see the students who've been through Discover Law in the past coming in and coming into our clinic. So I'm so excited about this continued commitment from the law school. So let's talk just a little about um, the fact that when you arrived, you were part of creating support for a new initiative that we called UB Law Responds. And that kind of came out of when we were discussing when Puerto Rico was hit by Hurricane Maria and we were discussing how can our students help. You and I talked and you and I came up together with the idea of can we get them to Puerto Rico and we came up with the idea of the hashtag UBLawResponds and you were very much part of raising the money to make that first service learning trip possible. And so I want to talk about that for a few minutes. The UB Law Response Initiative is really just a way of articulating what we do even better, which is to say that the UB Law School's resources and the clinical program and the experiential program, our ability to have our students engage with the world for timely events, right? The UB Law Response idea is simply to say, we're going to do this in real time, right? We're going to try to be as responsive as possible to events that happen in the world because law students and lawyers are part of the world. And certainly all of our clients are part of the world and the needs are great and the ethical imperative to respond quickly is high. So as such, I'm very proud of our students' resilience, of their speed, of your leadership in finding different ways for us to be a part, right, of responding to these deep community needs through our clinical program. And I'm deeply excited because we have taken five trips with students to Puerto Rico as part of UB Law Response, and you joined us for the second trip. And then you did some great work with students to do some insurance work that was really needed after Maria. So you were not just a supporter in the decanal sense, you were on the ground UB Law Response supporter. So thank you so much for that. Well, you know, my background in law is insurance law and uh, insurance coverage. And that means that in some ways I'm a specialist in crises as a lawyer. And so the hurricane is a good example. When a place gets hit by a category five hurricane, no one is prepared for that. The devastation is immense. The human needs are great. And the, the resources are challenged in a variety of different ways, physically, because of, you know, there's often, you know, damage to facilities, uh, access to IT, all kinds of, of things. And so I thought that this would be a great way to give the students an opportunity to be involved immediately in a recovery effort to see how necessary attorneys are. I think in a way, having prepared and gone through the, the UB Law response to Hurricane Maria, that actually helped us prepare as a clinic and as a law school to respond to COVID because we had already tread the path and formed the commitment to responding to uh, crisis needs. So when this new worldwide pandemic crisis came upon us and all of us, it was a quick conversation to have with you to say, we need to show leadership in there. And I knew we were gonna have the students who are deeply moved and deeply interested 
in helping people access justice in this very difficult situation. Yes, we had that conversation. Your support was immediate. Your vision for being able to bring our students to bear was informed by your having had been part of what we did in Puerto Rico. And so I'm deeply grateful that you agreed to have us bring on one of our fabulous alums, Vanessa Glushevsky, who is co-directing that clinic, which is really the COVID Lawn Community Engagement Clinic is really making a difference in people's lives and continuing to move forward. And again, it's with your vision and your commitment to, to making sure that we get the support that we need. But I do want to say, just kind of as the clinic director here, that this does build on a strong commitment that we've had for years. We had um, another UB Law Response Clinic was the U.S.-Mexico Border Clinic, which our alums stepped up to support students going and doing some important work with women and children detained at the border. Um, We have our Family Violence and Women's Rights Clinic, which has been doing amazing work for years. And during COVID, began assisting with emergency order of protection filings. And when deemed an emergency, they have never been denied a temporary order of protection during this COVID crisis. So we have some great people on the ground. Um, And then I do want to say that your commitment to um, making sure that that when some of our faculty uh, moved on to other positions, that we would get strong new faculty in the clinics has been great. And our new criminal justice and advocacy clinic, that's working with the Advocacy Institute, has been able to do some marvelous work. I think you know that they've assisted seven survivors to seek resentencing under the DVSJA. And our Civil Rights and Transparency Clinic has been doing some amazing work with your support. So again, it's really, really great to have a dean that that understands not only the power of being able to make this change in the community, but also what our students get out of this. Yes. I always say in orientation that the students should deeply engage in pro bono as soon as possible. Amongst other things, it is my belief and my lived experience that you don't really become a lawyer until you have a client, that what we learn in school is very important. We need to have the analytical skills that we all are very proud of. We do an excellent job of teaching here at UB Law. But there's something that changes in your spirit when you represent another person that makes you a lawyer. And I used to supervise an externship myself and they would journal. And you could see this transformation over the time of journaling from week to week. The journal started out saying, I did this and I did that and I proposed this. And then about, you know, four or five weeks in, they start saying, we argued that, we changed this. And there's this magical alchemical moment, right? The law yeah. student goes from I to we, and then they've really become a lawyer. Yeah, that is part of why I love being a clinical professor. These, these aha moments these students have that you that bring together what they've learned from our other colleagues who are doing great work in the classroom to the space where they've got this knot in the pit of their stomach because they're doing it and then they recognize where they are. So it is it is indeed that moment that that we live for here. And you do live that that commitment that you started orientation talking with students about that when you're continuing to talk with us about students. It's also very important for me for students to start their path of service as early as possible. You know, all lawyers have the responsibility to work for the public good and continue throughout their career in this. And figuring out how to integrate that into the arc of your career, I think, is best to start when you're a young lawyer. And also, it's the type of thing where I say, take on a challenge. You know, it might seem like you aren't prepared yet 
to really be of assistance. You, the people, a lot of our students are very humble. They aren't sure what their contribution can be yet as a law student. And I say, don't be afraid of that. Engage with the pro bono, engage with the clinical opportunities. Your contribution is valuable and it will get better. You won't break under the strain of it, right? You will grow. And that's what I think you do such a good job with in the clinics and experiential learning is making sure that, that our students have the opportunity under expert supervision of attorneys, of course, to really learn that their contribution is valuable, how to do the strategy of a case, how to assist a more senior lawyer, how to you know, counsel a client. Each of these steps builds the confidence that they need to become a stronger and better advocate, but you can't do it without doing it. And that's why I'm I'm very proud of what we do here uh, in the clinics and very grateful to you and all the other clinical professors and all of our adjuncts who work in this field for giving the clear step ladder to our students on how to become great advocates. Thanks, thanks. Now, before I let you get away, I do want to um, spend just a few minutes talking about something else that you do that creates both opportunities for students to learn and opportunities to provide student access to justice, which is supporting students through summer public interest fellowships. Mm-hmm. You know, you have come in and spent enormous energy and a lot of time generating funds to support students to be doing this public service in the summer. And I'd love for you to just chat about why you've made that one of your top commitments. So part of being the public law school is that we exist to provide access to opportunities for people to work in the public good. And in order to do that, students need to have financial resources in order to work for um, nonprofits or for the judiciary or a bunch of other traditional public sector legal occupations. And I realized when I was here that this financial barrier was, you know, holding too many students back from engaging in this work. So I continue to do, and we work together on this, to raise money from our incredibly generous alumni and community partners so that the students can have financial support to do the work that they both want to do and that our community needs them to do. Um, And I'm going to continue working with that. And there's a long list of people and organizations and law firms who have founded or supporting fellowships, all of whom I am deeply grateful for. And I know you are, and I know that every student has participated or received a fellowship is also very grateful to have that financial support for this incredible opportunity while they're still in school. And that is such a fantastic addition that you've done. And this is something that we also have branded as UB Law responds. And I know that you've enjoyed the blogs because our students who do their summer programs write blog posts describing what they're learning and how their experience is changing both them and the lives of those whom they're serving. And so for those of you who are listening, if you haven't checked out our UB Law Responds Summer um, Fellowships blog posts, you should spend some time there because you'll hear about the great work that was made possible by Dean Abramovsky's fundraising. Well, I have to tell you, I really enjoy the blogs myself too. It's wonderful for me as a professor, as, a, as an academic myself, to see the change, right? To see the experience, to, to see how students are developing into incredible lawyers. I remind you, right, my, my own father graduated from UB Law and he was a fantastic criminal law professor and criminal defense attorney. And, you know, just hearing the story of how so many students are walking in that same path, right, moves me and continues to inspire me 
to work with everyone to try to make sure that these opportunities continue to be available to all of our students. Well, Dean Abramovsky, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the exciting UB Law Response that we're doing in all of our areas of experiential learning from clinics and externships and the summer fellowships. And thanks for your support. Oh, Kim, I have to tell you, it's the honor of my life to work with the students and to help allow people to have access to justice. It's what gives meaning to the legal profession and day-to-day When I get to read what your students are doing in in all of our different programs, I am incredibly proud. So let me say on behalf of everybody, thank you too. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening and being a part of the Accessible Justice Podcast from UB Law Respond. This podcast is made possible by the excellent production assistance from Elisa Lackey. If you'd like to learn more about the vital work that UB Law Clinic students are doing, providing pro bono access to justice for those who otherwise would not have legal or policy representation, head on over to www.ublawresponse.com. There, you'll be able to find other episodes of this podcast, as well as a giving link to support our clinic students' work. We also have some great blogs from our clinic student attorneys there, and from other UB Law students who are working toward justice for all. On behalf of UB Law's clinical and experiential programs, thanks for listening, stay safe, stay strong, and be your best you.